Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Just before we pressed record for the JT and Looney podcast, David McCullough died. Legendary historical author, but for me, legendary voiceover guy, legendary narrator. And to tie it into sports, here's a little bit of David McCullough from the movie Seabiscuit. He was the son of hardtack, sired by the mighty man of war but the breeding did little to impress anyone at Claiborne Farms. Get rid of him. Where his sire had been a fierce, almost violent competitor, Seabiscuit took to sleeping for huge chunks of the day and enjoyed lolling for hours under the boughs of the juniper trees. His other great talent was eating. Though half the size of other colts, Seabiscuit could frequently eat twice as much. David McCullough. Rest in peace. He was 89. Cause of death, he was 89. Thank you for listening to the JT and Looney podcast. Episode 139. We have a great sponsor. It's Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, contests, events, first to market odds and lines. It's where I go, Bet Online. You can find reviews and news from every league. But you mostly know where to find that, but it's hard to find a great place to wager. Great place to place a bet on a on when you when you've got a stone cold lead pipe lock and you know who's going to win, you want some action. You have to add gambling to your repertoire of vices. Do you drink? Do you smoke? You like to hang out and watch sports on television? Well, if you're not gambling, then you're missing out. You got to go to bet online. And bet on Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, NHL, UFC, the sweet science, even esports and golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online place for all your sports information. And this isn't copy that I'm reading. I'm just talking to you about Bet Online. Head, head there today, Bet Online. Use your phone or just go to your PC. And if you've never gone there before and you're friends with the JT and Looney podcast, you get a 50% welcome bonus. So use the promo code BLEAV50. Let's believe the Believe Radio Network is the platform that we use for the JT and Looney podcast. Always makes you sound younger if you use the word platform. Also have to use the word journey a lot. Did you notice that? Oh, can follow me on my journey to get abs. I used to eat pizza. Now I eat nothing. Look at my abs. Nevertheless, I digress. Bet online where the... <laughs> Where the game starts, and now the podcast starts, damn it. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Good. You sound clean and good and fresh, and your mic sounds good in your Wi-Fi. Oh, yes. Last week, we had a little bit of an issue with my mic, and then I realized there was a snafu where I had the gain turned all the way down. I don't even know how he even heard me at all, but we don't want to bore the listener with that. Marshawn Lynch gets arrested in your hometown, Las Vegas, Nevada, for... Driving under the influence. There's something about guys in cars. Our egos get connected to our cars. And even if we are worth hundreds of millions, and he was very good with his money, we 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 don't call a limousine. Even when we can afford an Uber, the big SUV Uber, we don't do it. We get behind the wheel. We as a gender in general love to get behind the wheel of that car, feel invincible, and we connect it with our egos, and we drive away with a buzz. Well, he looked pretty messed up in the <laughs> photo, yeah. and I think we can say that because we're a 
podcast that tells the truth. He doesn't look good, and I say this all the time. If you're going to do that, especially it's back to school. I want to repeat that. Not, it's never good to get a DUI. Three in the morning, three in the afternoon, whenever it is, people are going back to school in Vegas. I saw the picture of Marshawn. Remember my famous interview with him on the sideline of the Raider game where he interrupted yeah, Derek? Yeah, Carr he doesn't talk to anybody, but he talked to you. Oh, he interrupted me. If you <laughs> want to be, if you want to be clear, he interrupted me. Oh, yeah, he was a Tom Looney. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. I was talking to Derek Carr on the sideline of a preseason game. Everything he seems to touch from products, everything that he does in markets seems to do well. Yeah, people have a fascination with him because he was a very good football player. Should have gotten the ball at the goal line. Should have gotten the ball at the goal line in a Super Bowl. Would have been a celebrity superstar for that. And overall, a nice guy, a bizarre guy. Every time I meet him, I don't know, I've met him 15 times in my career. I don't think he knows who I am. (laughs) One of those guys. But he's got a lot of friends in Seattle and the Raiders and people I know along the way. And as I said on the radio, in Vegas, we have a bizarre way of getting celebrities out of DUIs. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if there was a place where you could get off, and I have no idea what's going to happen legally here. I don't know the backstory. I know nothing. As we record this podcast, the attorneys here in Vegas, and I'm not saying this is uh, Marshawn Lynch's, but the scoundrels here in Vegas, man, they get you off. There's a deal, a handshake, another deal. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, even now that uh, most of the casinos are... I presume owned by multi-million dollar corporations. It didn't used to be that way. No, wink, wink. No. <laughs> but uh, either way, it, uh, Vegas has always had a lot, a big deal with deals. You can always do a deal. Uh, what is it that you always call it? How you hook up? There's lots of hookups in Vegas and ways out of trouble, ways into or bars. Comp. They used to be called the comp. Yeah, that's where the word came in. There's comps, the hookups. Yep, and if you know people, you can get away with things or get to the front of the line or get into the hot club. It's actually what's what's kind of fun about Vegas. You pointed out how there was the the booking photo, and it's you know now that I'm a news anchor shaping values for generations to come from Hollywood. Ah. <laughs> I, I do have kind of a, a snarky relationship with the word allegedly because I'm reporting on stories that are on videotape. Now, if things are on videotape, someone drives through a no one drove through a red light. Allegedly, I'm looking at it. It's not alleged. Marshawn Lynch wasn't buzzed. Allegedly, we're looking at the picture, you know, so the word allegedly I have I, I sometimes play with as a newsman or just throw it in sardonically. There's no alleged. A lot of times we've got pictures now. So uh, legally, uh, not legally, but journalistically, there's always been a, a deal that we use the word allegedly you know, to avoid lawsuits, et cetera. But well, there's a lot of things happening in society now where it's not alleged. We're looking right at your face. There's a lot of these smash and grabs that you'll yeah. see. Uh, they'll come in with a, a giant hammer and they'll smash a jewelry yeah. store and then they'll take all the jewels and run and then. I saw one the other day. It was a liquor store where a mom and daughter, a gunman came in, gun, came in to rob the liquor store, and the mom got below the register and shot the guy. Oh. And 
the guy came back around to try to shoot her and the gun jammed. And then the daughters shot him and he tried to get out and they're shooting him through the window. And on the news, they said the alleged gunman. And I said, alleged? <laughs> in a video. He came in there. He's shooting up the place. He's stealing everything. The mom and daughter shoot back at him. and They're like the alleged gunman. Is that just because we're scared like to get sued on the news so they don't want to say what? Well, they have to say suspect. They well, it's, 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 a, it's a journalistic integrity thing throughout the ages, which was very important because we didn't have we didn't have pictures back in the day. And there's a lot of times where I will say I'm supposed to say alleged here, but it's all on video because you, and then that's what they could. They could actually say it that way, too, although people tend to be worried about being as snarky as I am. I'm lucky I have a boss who likes what I do so I can say it how I want to. But a lot of people who grew up going to journalism school uh, say it the old fashioned way. But sometimes you really sound silly to people watching when you say alleged, you know, she allegedly drove through a red light at 90. No, she drove through a red light at 90. We're looking at the video. You know, this country and you, you always reel me back in and remind me about crime stats decades right. ago or weather or oh, climate yeah. change years yeah. ago. We've never been more fucked up in a country than we are right now. Never been <laughs> from Pete Davidson and the breakup of Kim Kardashian. The fact that they were even dating, which is incredible to me. All the reality TV shows, everything that we see right now, the country has never been. And I, I want to say that again, never been more divided when a when the most recent president, not a president from the 70s and 80s, when his Mar-a-Lago home gets raided. Oh, my God, raided, I know. And I'm sitting there going, we're pretty divided, and people are pulling up with boats and flags and Trump flags pulling up and Secret Service is there, guns, and the FBI's inside, and they're going into the safe. And I'm just sitting back, and I'm going, oh, my God. And that Jesse Waters is literally crying on Fox News. He's crying. Like, <laughs> I know. Ridiculous. Wow. After the ridiculousness we've seen for the last 10, 14, and, 18 years, it's just amazing what this country looks like. I know. You know, and that FBI is run by a Republican, too, which is kind of weird. He was nominated. He was appointed by Trump. And, the F, you know, law enforcement, FBI, those guys, they're not liberals. <laughs> so I'm guessing whatever they were going after, there must have been some snitch or something because they they dot their I's and cross their T's to go into almost anybody's home. But to go into the president's home, which is also fascinating because of a 2022 politics aside, we have a president who lives at a resort where he has other... a hotel. Please don't say yes. it's his home. It's, 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 it's either his apartment in Manhattan at a building named after him. Or right. His resort, his hotel down in Palm Beach. But isn't that exactly. fascinating? We have a president that lives at a resort where other people are staying. And so that's kind of I mean, we are living in unique times and that we elect people. And now the qualifications in, for to get elected to any office in the United States is if you can get elected, you're qualified. <laughs> and that's basically is how it's working in all, in all over, uh, not just the presidency, but it's and it's been going on for quite some time. It's not again, I always say. The division of the country isn't anything new. We, I, I would, the, uh, we used to have, you know, Aaron Burr shot Alexander Hamilton. I always used to point that out. And I used to, if you have to give me credit, I used to point that out before there was a play. <laughs> I knew that yeah, before there was did. a goddamn before play. Before there was even a thought of a play. Yes, yes. Before there was even a thought of a play. But, but you know, what happens <laughs> in this country, and other than in sports, we can't tip our cap to the opponent. 
you know, again, I lean to the right. I vote to the right and buy passes a major piece of legislation right he wins and he doesn't win it's divided 50 50 kamala had to come in and give the win vote there and then the people that lost okay the people that lost in the media just can't say you know tip your cap we won we had a president four years ago everything we pushed through we got and no one can tip their cap no one could say well the people that got elected in this cycle who are probably going to get voted out maybe maybe not they passed some legislation. They won. They did something that's okay for the country. Might not be great. We just can't tip our cap. We used to just say, you know, hey, man, you know, in the Olympics, someone gets gold and they lose by a fingertip in swimming, and the second place guy comes over the lane and he hugs the winner of the gold medal. You know, it's just sportsmanship. You tip your cap when someone does something well. We can't do that in politics. Well, you and I have always talked about how you we can't. We're supposed to cheer for presidents to do well, no matter yeah. what party. And we've always said, even if we didn't vote for whom's, whomever is president, we want them to do well. We want the country to do well. Uh, unemployment is lowest in the history of statistics. And but there's always got to be if people don't like the president, they got to say, yeah, but and, you know, just like you're saying, no one can say, yeah, that that's a pretty good deal. It seems chaotic. The, the economy is very confusing. There's a lot of people that the airports are packed. I thought we couldn't afford anything. Airports are packed. The grocery stores are packed. Unemployment's lower than ever was. It is very confusing. We're paying more than everything, although the gas prices seem to be taking a nosedive. And they're, you know. No matter who's president, they've been ripping us off a long time. They, they 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 try to get it as high. Let's see how much they'll fucking pay. Then they bring it back down. And we got to be aiming our darts more at the oil companies than our politicians when it comes to that tomfoolery. But the, you must admit, there's people driving uh, all, kind, all kinds of expensive cars all over. The unemployment's low, but think the prices are through the roof. I'm glad I'm not an economist on television talking about the economy because you're going to sound foolish no matter what you say, because it's hard to predict. Staying with how insane our country is, I sent you a photo earlier today of Deshaun Watson, a video of him signing autographs. And it it stayed with me because the video, the line was as long as any, the line was longer than the premiere of Top Gun Maverick. (laughs) The line was wrapped around a football field. And as you played the video, it was a bunch of toddlers not like teenagers, toddlers getting autographs with Deshaun Watson. And I thought, what is going on with these parents that they couldn't say, you know, look, innocent until proven guilty. He's settling for all of these allegedly sexual assault violations. He's not being charged criminally. We've talked about Deshaun Watson. Right. And those are alleged because we don't have the video. But to see the fact that moms can't say, you know, Let's take Cindy and Debbie, who are six and seven, off the line for this guy who did some heinous things to women. No doubt in my mind what he did in those massages and what he was trying to do at the end of the massages were lewd and crude behavior. And to let your daughter at Brown's training camp ask this guy for an autograph as he gets on his knee and the girls are six and seven. What did you think when I sent you that video and you saw it? Well, it was a very appropriate question because I normally don't like to question where were the parents? Because as you know, having your two little hooligans when your boys were young, your boys, if you if you stop watching your two wonderful sons for 18 seconds, they could be down the street. 
right? <laughs> they were just had such great, beautiful, wonderful energy. So when things happen to kids and tragedies happen to kids or kids end up being strippers or bad guys, I, I rarely blame the parents. But this is a K because, because there's a lot that goes into that. And there's also once kids grow up, they, they make choices themselves. Good parents have kids that make awful choices. Uh, and awful parents have wonderful children. However, in this case, this was a choice by parents right in front of your face. Not it, it, this isn't something where a kid commits a crime and we say, where are the parents? Or a kid gets hit by a train to say, where are the parents? This is Deshaun Watson signing autographs and the parents right there choosing to have something signed by Deshaun Watson as they stand in line. And then they got to go, what, tell their friends and show their friends, the parents, hey, look, Junior got a jersey and a ball signed by Deshaun Watson. Really? You're going to say that in mixed company when you're having a barbecue over Labor Day? What he's been accused of for women, what he's been really accused from, and he's settling civilly, and there's no debate that women have come clear, their lives are ruined over this. And again, we keep reminding everybody he won't be charged criminally. The grand jury, two of them, didn't go forward with that. But what we know he did at a minimum to send your six, seven-year-old, I'm watching the video again, to send your six, seven-year-old daughter and little boy, they're toddlers either way, and there's a little girl handing him a hat and a little brother or boy behind him. And the line is enormous. And Deshaun Watson is signing autographs with toddlers. And I just tweeted, I put out on Twitter, really? The parents couldn't wait till next year. Like a year from now, we might know a little bit. He might come back and play, be suspended 10 games, do a whole bunch in the community, be this great guy, atone for a whole bunch of things, do a couple more press conferences. Maybe you're like, man, he's our guy. I get it. But now, oh. And when when he's probably not even going to play, and the kids have never seen him play, even in their lives, they haven't seen him play. They didn't watch the Houston Texans or Notre Dame or whatever. It's it's really embarrassing that any any parent would put their kid in that line when you've got choices. Those are parental choices there that you make when your kids go out and do crazy stuff behind your back. Those are that's that you can't always point at the parents. This is something where you can point at the parents and you've got it on video saying, what are you doing? Got back from Canton, Ohio. Just want to share some moments with you. Oh, wow. One of the greatest trips of my life. You know, I'm one of those guys who I never lie, but I exaggerate. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're both prone. We're both prone. I've been known to exaggerate about a good party, a keg party back in the day. My first keg parties at the house. Uh, Fraternity keg parties where we had 10, 20, 30 kegs. Maybe we only had eight. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm worried about being in news, by the way, because I'm prone to hyperbole and exaggeration. You're not supposed to do that. (laughs) But I think I went to the greatest party I ever went to when I emceed it, the Cliff wow. Blanche fame party, where Diana Ross played. Wow. Oh, and nothing. Then, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. It was incredible. At first, I had to keep a secret. I knew for a few days in advance that she was playing there, but I couldn't tell anybody. Sworn to secrecy, sworn to my job. If you hang my job over my head, I'm much better at keeping secrets. Right. <laughs> It was everything you would think it would be. Cliff Branch had a Hall of Fame ceremony. He's not with us. He passed away. Mark Davis, the owner of the team, wanted to surprise everyone with the most famous, one of the most famous artists of all time, let alone living today. And she came out a complete surprise at a party with 
probably 25 gold jackets, Hall of Famers, many from the Raiders, but other teams. Warren Moon is there, and I'm looking over to see other guys come into the party. Marcus Allen. All these players from different teams, and they're all sitting there, and the wives and their partners, girlfriends, and all of a sudden Diana Ross comes out. I'm coming up. And the, the look on the face of everybody it took everybody like a double look to say, what is that? Oh, my God, it's her. And then she played an hour, and it was just fabulous on top of a golf course where there was a sushi chef, and there was every type of food, every type of open bar, a cigar bar on the 18th green of the golf course. The house band from the Raiders came in, the Raiders house band, about 14 members. They play at Allegiant Stadium. Who's the Raiders house band, Metallica? No, they're called the Raiders house band. It's the greatest name ever. You'd never want to change it because you're associated with the Raiders. A billion-dollar brand. They're fantastic. And then the party went all night long fantastic party the gift basket the swag at the end an old cliff branch like 1970 style leather bag that you if you were played in the 70s you'd walk into the coliseum with it right filled with goodies and hall of fame gifts and all of that took pictures with the super bowl the owner was there uh, it was just fantastic and to, to be on stage i sent you the video they're in my ears saying as soon as because you couldn't introduce her i couldn't introduce her because it was a surprise. Oh, wow. So I checked my ego at the door instead of saying, oh, my God, I could have introduced Diana Ross. No, it wasn't about me. It's about Diana Ross. So she came out, and no one knew it was a surprise with her music soundtrack behind her. But as soon as she ended and said good night, in my ear they said, get up, get up, get on stage. And as she's walking off, I get the mic and say, ladies and gentlemen, one more time for the great Diana Ross. Wow. That moment, I was in the moment. I looked at a sea of people, three, four hundred people in front of the stage, all the way in the back, roaring back at me as she walked off the stage. I just wanted to share it with you on the podcast. It was so damn cool. Well, now you've given more production to do because I'm going to weave that into the podcast now because I do have that video. Incredible moment. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it once again for the great Diana Ross. And one of the great background stories about this party that you attended with Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, throwing it for Cliff Branch, is they were best friends for decades. And he threw this party for his best friend who was inducted into the Hall of Fame and his best friend Cliff Branch was dead. He threw the party as though Cliff was still alive. Generously threw a party as though Cliff was alive and got Cliff's favorite act with Diana Ross. And that was really cool. I'm happy you mentioned that. That's probably Mark Davis is such a good guy, such a loyal friend to his friends. And those are his guys. He grew up the son of Al Davis and his favorite years and players were the Raiders of the Uh seventies, the early eighties. And Cliff is one of only six Raiders to win six, uh, one of only six Raiders to win three Super Bowls. And you nailed it. He threw a party for his best friend who passed away exactly the way his best friend would want it. And his family and his sister who also enshrined him. And I was sitting there and I'm really happy you said that because I was hanging out at this party at one point and I really had a moment of clarity like that. I'm, I'm really happy that you finished my words for me because 
That's what it was. It was like Cliff was there. At a minimum, he was looking down from heaven. But Mark was kind of floating through the crowd, and his mom was there in a wheelchair, and there was some really old players who were still there, still alive, thank God. And it felt like a party that was in 2022 with every every bell and whistle you could have, but it felt like it was 1981. Right. Anna Ross was playing in the ra- It felt like a Super Bowl party. I've been lucky to be at a Super Bowl party or two. It felt like that. So it was really cool. And I hung out with the owner after the party, and he's a friend of a long time. I was so proud of him because he did the right thing and he was looking for nothing. Mark Davis looks for nothing from anybody in return. He's just a generous guy and a great human being. But to see the glow on his face and the fact that he pulled this off with the tremendous staff who did all the work. I told you this when I got there. We got to the hotel at the Hyatt Place in Canton, and the hotel was for Cliff Branch, an entire hotel. So you want to talk about attention to detail. Every, everything in the hotel, all the art, the seascapes, the landscapes, what you'd see in a typical hotel on the wall was taken down, and it was put back up with Cliff Branch art, you know, which wow. was a touchdown or a run right. or whatever it was. And that was the case all over the hotel so i got to my room and i got my room key and i hit the room key and it opened up and it was like i was transformed into cliff branch's bedroom there was a little suite with a couch there was a raider blanket on it there were pillows that said speed kills pillows with his number the towels on the rack the towels in the hotel room silver and black number 21 wow cookie on the counter to the water and I, I took the video and I sent it to my wife and I was tearing up. I go, this is where I'm staying for four nights. And I'd wake up in the morning and I'd look up over the bed and there's a big poster of Cliff Branch. And I said, who has attention to detail? Jerry Jones had Justin Timberlake at his party. Right. Great parties before in Hall of Fame history. But Jerry Jones didn't put up pictures of Cowboys in the hotels where he put the former players. So bravo to the Raiders and Mark Davis. And no matter what happens, as long as I ever work for this team, it's one of the great moments that I'll never forget. Did any of those towels from the hotel accidentally fall in your bag? Oh, yeah, there's a few right here. <laughs> well, and the, Man, and, and just a lot of things I got a chance. So um, I'm going to name drop because I'm able to name drop. Yes. Name drop stories. Here. Name drop's so, great couple of other things. So I happen to get into, and I mean get into because my friend brought me in. For the first time in Hall of Fame history, when you get your gold jacket on Friday night, the induction Saturday, but Friday night's the big event at the Civic Center in Canton where Dick Vermeil and Bryant Young and Tony Baselli and all the Hall of Famers get the jacket, and it's presented to them the night before. It's called the gold jacket ceremony. And then all the Hall of Famers get in a line in two rows and the new player comes down the gauntlet and gives high fives, and that's when they're in the Hall of Fame. The next day is just the is the is the ceremony. Right. They get Icing on the cake. The Hall of okay. So they had a party after that for the first time in Hall of Fame history. So instead of all the guys in the gold jackets leaving to go to dinner and going to this bar and going to that, they were told to go back to the McKinley Grand, the Double Tree, and be there for that party. I'm sitting there, man. There's Marshall Falk, there's Warren Sapp, there's Tom Mack, there's Morton Anderson. Morton Anderson, by the way, who was wearing a Bob Marley t-shirt and flip-flops. Those oh. guys wearing gold jackets. Wow. Right? <laughs> Cliff Harris, uh, Franco Harris, Mel Blunt, Steve Young. 
and his wife couldn't have been kind enough to me. Rich Eisen came up to me from NFL Network. You know, so I'm looking around and Warren Moon and Jim Kelly, Fred Bolitnikoff, and then I see Jim Brown. And Jim comes in on a walker, and I haven't talked to Jim in at least two years, Tom. And I knew that this was my moment to say goodbye. And I hope Jim lives much longer, but he just lost his best friend in Bill Russell. We know Vince Scully just died, mm. right? We go down the list of the legends who have recently passed away. And I saw his wife and I said, Monique, and she went crazy because we've been friends a while. And I went crazy back at her. And I said, I'd like to sit down and say, talk to Jim for a moment. And she whispered in his ear and Jim wasn't talking. And she said, hey, it's JT, it's JT. And he could barely turn his head to look at me and make eye contact. And I said, Jim, and I said, I just want to tell you right now, I want to thank you for everything you've done for me in my life and my family and the assist you gave me in my career. And I really want to thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And he pulls me into his ear and he turns and he says, love you in a low, wispy voice, mm -hmm. gravelly voice. And I'll tell you, it was almost like waterworks. I teared up pretty emotional. And I put my arm on him and I said, I know I'll see you again but I really appreciate the time with you. And he grabbed my hand and big hand and yeah. said goodbye to him. And I walked away and I had a private moment. I walked outside the room and teared up there. And I really felt like I got a chance to say goodbye to someone that I really needed to say goodbye to. It was, he was so good to you and your father. Cause yeah. I know that's, that's the icing on the cake for you with your friendship with Jim Brown, because your father grew up in an era where Jim Brown was what LeBron James is now the greatest, greatest of the great football players. And he hosted you and your father at his legendary sunset Hills home. Correct. Yeah, We went up there to sign yeah. a contract back in the days of Fox sports radio. And we signed the contract and uh, my dad was out there drinking iced tea with him. And, you know, it was such an engaging conversation because my dad, roughly the same age, a couple of years younger than Jim. And they talked about the old time and Jim playing at Yankee Stadium and all that. But, you know, a lot of times on this podcast, we talk about closure. Your mom passed away. Mm -hmm. You gave the great eulogy at your mom's funeral. And my parents are still alive. And I always I miss my aunts and uncles who are still with us. And I just knew at that moment at the gold jacket party that I had to have some closure with Jim in case I don't see him again, like some would have had with Bill Russell or Vince Scully yep. recently, or maybe Olivia Newton-John, right. which we'll get to. So that was, a, that was a happy moment for me, sad at the moment, but very happy, and I felt like that was the reason I went on this trip. There are moments with older people in your life where you know it's not even necessarily that you'll see them for the last time, but you'll know that's the last type of moment like that you'll have with them. Better way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because there was one time I had, there was this great uh, back in the day in a hot tub time machine to the nineties. And there was this article with Ernie Davis, first black Heisman trophy winner at Syracuse university from Elmira, New York, Elmira free Academy. And Incredible basketball player, by the way, better than he was a football player. And there was a statue in my hometown that I was unaware of that had gone up. And I took my grandparents in their car down to see this statue. And we went, we drove around. We had a nice time. I drove them back home. And when I left and they're out in front of the front porch waving and I drove away in my car and I started sobbing. And I thought, why am I sobbing? And I realized 
that was really the last time we were ever going to do. I mean, and they lived several more years, but because of the way they were moving around, a grandpa, grandma, grandson ride around in the car type of thing. It was just one of those moments like you have with Jim. That's the last time I'm doing anything social like that with them. It's going to be just sitting in the living room from now on. Right. It was just not going to be anything that adventurous. And I just knew it at that moment. And sometimes with older people in your life, you know, when there's a moment that you're not going to have one like that again. And then another name drop. I'm in the one of the bars, the multiple bars of this Cliff Branch party. And Marcus Allen's in the green room with me because he's going to get introduced. Part of the MC stuff is Marcus Allen's going to come up next, and I'm there with him. And Charles Woodson walks in. And so you see Marcus Allen, one of the greatest from his era in the 80s and early 90s, and right. Charles Woodson, the Heisman Trophy winner. Marcus Allen, the Heisman Trophy winner. Small club. Took a photo with those two guys, and – it was great to be friends with them at this party for them to see me in a proud moment with the suit on and seeing this and to have the opportunity to talk to those two gentlemen who were just so happy. They were just so happy to be there. And Marcus spoke about his friendship with Cliff and how this was great about Marcus. Marcus says the core of his speech was, I grew up as a boy watching Cliff on TV, not knowing him, watching him on television. Then I became his roommate. Then I won a Super Bowl with him. And then years later, I found out I was his cousin. Oh, my God. They wow. tied the family genealogy together. And Marcus told this beautiful story about being a kid, watching Cliff on TV, playing with him, speaking at his Hall of Fame party, being his cousin, just an eloquent speech. And I'm sitting there stage right before Diana Ross comes out going, damn, Marcus, that's a cool story, man. Marcus has one of the coolest stories in the history of cool stories as far as a charmed life. And when people have charmed life, they've usually worked very hard for it. But growing up in Southern California and ending up the starting running back at the greatest college football university there was at the time, USC. And they were um, in the 70s. They could have beat the New York Giants. Sorry, but the Giants sucked in the 70s. And Marcus Allen ends up going to USC, playing his college football where in a career there winning a Heisman trophy at the Coliseum. Then he ends up being drafted by the team that plays in the Coliseum, the Los Angeles Raiders and played for a Super Bowl championship team that played their home games where he played his college home games. What a life. And there was bad blood with Al Davis because they yes. dropped Bo Jackson. Marcus was benched in the prime of his career, went to Kansas city, had a hall of fame career with Kansas city and to wrap up this Hall of Fame story, Marcus Allen was brought back to the organization by Mark Davis. Yeah, uh, that Mark was Davis said. Yeah, Mark Davis said, no, uh, you're you're my friend. Uh, you, you, I was there when you I'm bringing you back to the organization. And Mark Davis patched that all up. It was wonderful how Mark did when, when Al got a little bit old and grouchier uh, that, that Mark patched up some of the stuff with with Gruden with uh with marcus allen it's wonderful what mark has done uh, with the franchise and it's incredible what uh what marcus allen has uh has, has, has taken advantage of of that um it's, and, and then john gruden too it was nice that everybody just said okay that's what's great about guys right my, mo my mother was a first grade teacher she always liked teaching boys more than girls because boys didn't pout 
<laughs> they pouted for two minutes and then you know got back to work. Guys, yeah, guys don't pout as long. Newsflash, and it's great that uh, the, what Mark Davis has done with the organization of putting all those relationships back together. Olivia Newton-John died at the age of seventy-three. The Australian singer, the beautiful beautiful voice she was a really good actress she was in several movies she was huge in vegas she had a show at the flamingo in vegas and she passed away peacefully at her ranch in southern california and what she was able to do helping raise awareness and money for cancer and having her own foundation and her own business based on trying to help sell save lives man i mean she's been getting treated for cancer tom for a long time long time you want to talk about a woman who went on a fight for many many years and god finally came for her and the amount of people pouring in who had crushes on her loved her talent the beauty of her voice another big one another big legend just passes away and in a salute to twitter and social media i will make olivia newton john's death about me <laughs> Olivia Newton-John was my first touch with fame when I moved to Los Angeles. Wow. Uh, brush with greatness. I took a, an acting class, and one of the guys is this handsome guy in my acting class, Steve Latanza, and some other gossipy guy in the acting class says, "Do you know who he is?" I said, "No." His brother is married to Olivia mm. Newton-John, and Matt Latanza, who was just this random, famous cute guy who had a couple acting jobs. See, Olivia, uh, that shows how down to earth she was. She didn't marry a movie star. She just married a guy that she liked who happened to be good looking. And that was the brother of my friend Steve. My friend Steve's brother was married to Olivia Newton-John and I had just moved to Los Angeles. It was so Hollywood that my first friend, his brother, was married to Olivia Newton-John. Incredible. Four Grammy Awards sold a hundred plus million albums everybody remembers the role sandy in greece xanadu really a nice film career home music videos remember yep. mtv music yep. videos, let's get physical all those great videos and just well liked well respected and i can i can hear her music coming out of my sister's room <laughs> it wasn't coming years, out of yours up years on, on utica avenue my sister's room next to mine <laughs> Because remember, I had a Farrah Fawcett iron-on pillow. Yes, you did. I could have easily had Olivia Newton-John. That is true. You're in my room, so don't doubt me. Because I had a Farrah Fawcett pillow at that very well. You, I know you were. You were blasting big boy music. You were probably blasting the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. What was it, Molly Hatchet? Right. Leonard Skinner, yeah. <laughs> Leonard Skinner, Elton John, yeah. Guardian Wings. But in the other room. My sisters were cranking out their music. There was a lot of great music that we weren't allowed to admit that we liked. When we like Queen and uh, Olivia Newton-John, there were some great Elton John, great acts out there that we didn't want to tell our friends that we liked because it would affect our masculinity. But boy, there was a lot of great music. And that's always the case in life. There's a lot of great music that sometimes lover boy that you don't want to wear the T-shirt. <laughs> Or let other people know you like the music, but music is a great positive force on this earth. I never, I never wore a lover boy or a Pat Benatar t shirt. <laughs> Leave us with something great that you watched. Leave us with something great that you recently watched. Oh, and you got my text 13 Lives. You've got to see it. It's on Amazon. And I sent you the text about it. And I can't tell you too much about it, which is the way I love to. 
This is a, the Jersey. soccer team that's trapped in the. Yes. Those are, the remember yeah. that. Oh, the 13 boys and their soccer coach, 12 boys and their soccer coach that decided that they, they would go to these really cool caves in Taiwan. It wasn't monsoon season yet. There was no danger. And then a monsoon came. Big rainstorm. And they got stuck in this cave for, I believe, 13 days, 13 lives, 13 days. And these incredible heroes, including American SEALs, these Navy SEALs who also one of them happened to be doctors. So they're not only academics, they're athletes and tough guys and SEALs and the world's greatest scuba divers had to figure out how to get those kids out of there. And there was a it was pretty it's, it's fascinating how they did. And when you know what the outcome is in a movie, it better be a good movie, right? Whether it's Titanic or 13 Lives. There is as close as you and I pay attention to the news. There's a spoiler here. You, that's why you have to see the movie. You, the listener, and you, JT. There's a spoiler here. There's a lot we didn't know about this story. Well, how does that happen in the age of the Internet? Guess what? It happened. And you're going to find out when you watch this movie and your jaw will drop. When you found find out how they got those kids out of there. Oh, JT, did you see it? No, I haven't. First, it's, it's, it's everything you love. You're a dad. You've got kids. So it'll be heart wrenching when you see when they find these tough guys, Navy SEALs and these tough guys from Taiwan who have to go in there and they have to swim for like two hours to get to where the kids are. They got a map, but it's through caves and your, you know, your, your scuba shit gets stuck. And you know, your, your, your oxygen thing could pull out from one of the, from the caves and the sickles sticking up and the way they had to get to the kids and they come up out of the water. Then the kids say, Hey, can you take us back? It's like, Oh God. Yeah. When we figure out how to do it and it's, uh, Oh my, it's, it's, you've got to see it, but I can't tell you the secret, how they get them out. You just got to see it. Thank you for listening to all 41 minutes and 41 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast powered by bet online where the game starts. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.